Welcome to River's Edge Sermon of the Week. Thanks for joining us today. We're really believing that you'll benefit from the message that you're about to hear. A big thank you to those of you who share our podcast on social media. And thanks for rating and reviewing us on iTunes. For more information about us, please visit riversedgechurch.com.au. Listen to what the Spirit is saying to uh, segue into week three of hearing the voice of God. And it's been, I'm excited to share today. I just believe that if you hear my, my cunning plan is actually, I believe that if you can hear God's voice, our church will be stronger. Our church will be uh, vibrant. It will be healthy. I want to talk about body ministry today. Um, how do we hear the voice of God and how do we help each other hear the voice of God and how do we keep on, on track? And, it's, and next week, we're going to hear some testimony. So can I encourage you, if you're hearing stuff, or and I'm, I'm excited, so I've had two people come and tell me, hey, this was a profound moment, this, is, this was something. Well, God spoke to me in a way that he's never spoken to me before, just because you said there's another way that God can speak to me. And it was, it was really impacting. I, I just want to encourage you, talk to um, Catherine, talk to me. Next week, we want to give opportunity for testimonies of what God has said or done or revealed particular things. I was so encouraged this week. I got a, a group message of some uh, a young person hearing from God and doing something that they hadn't thought of before, and it blessed the socks off many. I don't want to tell any more other than hopefully we'll show you next week. So it's just lots of stuff that God is doing in our church, and um, I want you to be prepared for what God is doing. So let's go. Thank you. So Acts chapter 2, what we, I'm just going to recap quickly um, over the last couple of weeks, where we're going, where we come from. Um, so Acts chapter 2, the Spirit is poured out. Jesus said, it's better for me to leave. The Holy Spirit will come and, and the Holy Spirit falls on them. They speak in tongues. They actually all look off their face and drunk. So people mock them. Other people are curious. They're like, what's happening? And Peter gets up. This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. So he's making sense. Here's an interesting thing. He's had an encounter with God that doesn't quite make sense. So he goes back to the word of God to go, can I understand what God is saying? He goes, oh, yes. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. And even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Again, there's what I, two weeks ago I talked about the whole idea. In the Old Testament, it was prophets, um, the priests, the high priests really, not the whole priests, not the whole Levites, but special people and kings that received the Holy Spirit. And that was it. And occasionally different people God would raise up. You might see the book of Judges. The Spirit comes on this person and then the Spirit leaves that person. Um, that's why David cries, don't let your Holy Spirit depart from me. But when in the New Covenant, in the New Testament, in the time that we live in, the Spirit of God is poured out on everybody, regardless of gender, regardless of their socioeconomic status, anything like that. And they will be able to speak. Which means you can hear God to say what he wants you to say. So at the very least, it is about communicating the gospel to everybody. But that's, that's the very least. That's the mandate we have. We are to be witnesses. That's what this is all about. But equally, there's a part that we will be able to see things and understand things that God is speaking to us today. Next scripture. But... 
We're human. We are 100% human and we have the Spirit of God inside us. And so, as Pastor Yuki preached last week, the whole idea of what does it actually look like sometimes in our community, and uh, she mentioned this scripture, do not quench the Spirit. So the Holy Spirit comes and the fire of God, we see in Acts chapter 2, appears like fire on their head. And this whole idea of of burning for God is, is a great way, devotional way. But he's saying to them, don't quench the Spirit. This is Paul writing to Thessalonians, one of the earliest um, um, letters. So he, he's saying, don't quench the Spirit. Don't put the fire of the Holy Spirit out. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. Like, don't treat them like they're nothing. But test them all. Test everything that God is saying and hold on to what is good and reject every kind of evil. And I think that's a great balance challenge. Hold on to what God did. Test everything. Don't despise prophecies, which means there's a tendency that you could despise prophecies. So I, I became a Christian. grew up in the church that sent us out to plant this church. And um, we'd have somebody that would give a prophetic word every um, period of time. And it was always about eagles. Always. So I knew, here comes the eagle. You just knew. His sister so-and-so and the eagle was landed. Or, you know, it was always going to be about an eagle. It just always was. Then there was the other guy who spoke, Be ye therefore ready! And you're like, what the heck are you talking about? And some people would have a warble in their voice. when this, And you're like, what? I just spoke to you five minutes ago. And now, it wasn't the anointing. It wasn't. And sometimes when God comes on you and it feels overwhelming, but this was just next level. Because let's be honest, you're weird. You are. No one's told you that yet. I've been praying about it this week and I just want to tell you you're weird. Because I'm weird. We're all weird. We have a challenge. We're human. We want to hear from God and at times we don't hear it right. So let's not do it. That's the safest option. Let's just forget all of this. Because there's weird stuff that happens. Forget about the eagle and all the other stuff. What about the things where I thought God had told me to go here and do this and it didn't work out? I I remember Catherine was like, I'm going to give up my job. I'm going to study full-time at Bible college. We're going to do this. I'm like, okay, yeah, I think, yes, I think. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's a fucking great idea. Why would God not be in that? Man, we learned something about stepping up by faith, and maybe it wasn't quite right because we didn't have a lot of money. It was a big cost. And I was like, did God really say, did we hear from God in that moment, or was that just, I'm not sure. And I'm sure you've done things that you've, or you've stepped out, okay, The person next to you has done things and stepped out and other things like that. And they thought they heard from God and now they go, it's just a bad kebab. There was something wrong. I don't think that was God. I don't think it was. And so the challenge that we have is that we quench the spirit. We go, no, 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 no. No, no, no. You're you're too enthusiastic. You just need to go around the block a few more times. Calm down. Put the water on that. That was just a camp experience. Well, that was just 
All the things that we say to minimize what God would want to do in us today. But yet, the scripture, this scripture is the same as, it's just as true as the scripture I read before, where the Spirit is poured out and the old men will dream dreams that you will see visions. God wants to speak to you and they will prophesy. That is actually our inheritance, is what God is still doing in the earth today. So, we go to my next slide. Here is some simple test questions to help you know if you're hearing from God. If you're taking notes, I'd love you to take notes and and think about how do we do this. The first one we looked at, would Jesus say this? And I want to do the the three of these today, if I can. We spent a lot of time on the first one, so I'm not going to spend too much time on that. Is someone else saying this? And are spiritual signs accompanying this? So so how how do I know if I'm hearing from God? Uh, Would Jesus say this? Is someone else saying this? And are spiritual signs accompanying this? So let me, let me go through this if we can. So let's go to the next one. So we looked last uh, two weeks ago at Peter's experience where he's hungry. He's probably fallen asleep or he has a vision. Three times God says to him, arise, kill and eat. And he's not sure. He's beginning to debate, did God actually speak to me that I can now eat? Lobsters and pork and it's just you know it's just I'm not sure that's just really because I've never done that that's not what Jewish boys do we follow the Torah and that and all that food is forbidden and God's speaking to him don't call it unclean so he's going over and over and over again he realizes I began to speak the Holy Spirit came on them as he had on us in the beginning and I remembered what the Lord had said. John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And so if God gave them the gift he gave us who believe, this is the Gentiles that he encounters, um, who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think I could stand in God's way? So he has this experience and he's like, I don't, God is speaking to me. And so what he has to do, we have to understand that we need to put it through the lens of what Jesus would say. Why do, we, why do I make it like that rather than the Bible? Because I could have several wives. I could. It's in the Bible. David had a number of wives, so did Solomon. But, but really, what we want to do is we look at the New Testament. Jesus is the ultimate revelation of what God would look like, what he would say, how he would act. And through that, we understand, oh, okay. So they made some mistakes. So just because they, it's in the Bible, and, and that, it's not really, that's what I would do. But would Jesus say this? So yes, what I'm saying is we want to understand the Bible, but would Jesus say and do this thing? That's the sort of glasses, so to speak, that you have to sort of think, this experience, what I'm hearing, what I'm understanding, is it actually, would Jesus say this? Okay? Let's go to the next slide. So that's the first test. Go back to week one, um, two weeks ago. Watch it online if you want to understand a little bit more. Or you can ask me questions later. Second question, is someone else saying this? Someone else saying this. So again, the same story that we're looking at. About noon the following day. Oh, sorry, that's not, that's, no. Um, Okay. At Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and all his family were devout and God-fearing. 
He gave generously in the, um, a need and prayed to God regularly. Can't see that far. One day at about three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius, he's not a believer in Jesus. So God will use outside. He's not hearing the voice of God internally because that's difficult for unbelievers to hear. So God uses external things. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord, he asked. The angel answered, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. What we want to be looking for is someone else saying the same thing. Is someone else saying something that, that, that you, you need to hear? There's an incredible move of God happening, an incredible move of God that was sweeping across a nation. And a sincere, devout, and God-fearing 18-year-old man saw a vision to change his life forever. And it changed the lives of many people. And in 1823, he was visited by an angel who directed him to a buried book of golden plates inscribed with Judeo-Christian history of ancient American civilization. That man we know as Joseph Smith started the, the, they published the Book of Mormon. So, so he had a vision from God. Sounds not dissimilar to what we just read. And yet we would look at it and go, oh, that's not what Jesus would say. It's actually, the second question is, Nobody else is saying this either. Nobody else in all of history has ever said, actually, there's an ancient civilization, we can transfer this and do this, you have special knowledge. You're the only one. So what we need to understand is when we're hearing from God, we think we want to, and I want to encourage you, like God wants to speak to you. God wants you to take steps and step out of the boat and do things, but there are helpful tests that you can have. And so what, the second one is, is anybody else saying this? Is anybody else hearing from God like this? Let me put you in a... Um, um, when we were, I, I talked about the whole idea of me wanting to plant a church and walking um, through a house at Lidcombe at the time, and I felt God say to me, pioneer, and then I suddenly felt like, it's like the only way to describe it is like the Matrix. I had this download, like bang, and so I knew everything that God was going to do quickly. I was like, oh, we're going to plant a church, we're going to do this thing. It just made sense to me. But God said one word, but that understood. So I'm looking at this. Is anyone else saying this? So I'm saying to Catherine, okay, oh, this is what I think God's going to do. And she's like, absolutely no way. Absolutely no way. Now, more from her past experiences of church planting and other things, she was like, oh, I don't think that's from God. So I'm like, okay, look, it's your problem now. So within, I don't know, however short period of time, God spoke to her and she's like, that's it. God's called us to plant a church. And I'm like, awesome. That's cool. I already knew that, but that's, thank you for joining on. And great, that's really cool. But then we went to our senior pastor a while after this because we this was sort of something for us to go, oh, it's quite comfortable in our church. It's quite easy to do. So I went to our senior pastor. We made an appointment and they're meeting with Pastor Barry and saying, okay, what do you want to talk about? I said, oh, I just... I didn't say it very well. I just, I just feel like God's calling us to plant a church. He's like, 
Well, this morning I prayed for who the next person would be to, to go out from our church to plant churches because they had just planted one and they're looking into another one. He's like, this is what... So he goes, so I'm like, someone else is saying this. This is great. It's not exactly the same thing, but they're hearing from God for a thing. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's really helpful. So let me unpack this a little bit more. If we go to the next slide. Part of what we're looking for is the testing here. The testing of fulfillment in Deuteronomy. Um, and this is quickly going over what um, Pastor you talked about last week. If they say it, it will happen. But if a prophet proclaims in the name of the Lord and the Lord does not, uh, of the Lord does not take place or doesn't come through that message, God hasn't spoken. So what you need to understand, like God's saying, like God's saying but it's actually not coming, it's not true. But, 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 that's also not always the case, is it? Because if you know your Bible, Jonah's getting there, Nineveh will be destroyed. And God says, Nineveh will be destroyed. God says, Nineveh will be destroyed. So they repent. They even put sackcloth on the animals. And Nineveh is not destroyed. In fact, Jonah's taken, got the great seat to go, I'm waiting for God to destroy this place. And God's like, I'm not going to destroy this place because they all repented. So it's not always as easy to go, well, what you said didn't come to pass. In fact, in 1 Timothy, it talks about this whole idea of um, fight the good fight in, order, in, in accordance to the prophetic words that were given to you. So sometimes God will speak into your potential, but it's up to us to fight it and say, God, you said, I'm fighting the good fight of faith. I'm fighting what you had prophesied. This is not... This is not the reveal word of God. This is a prophetic word someone gave me. This is what it means. So I'm fighting to see this come to pass. But again, I'm going to use it all because I think it's all helpful. I'm going to look at the test of fruit. I'm going to look at someone's character. Because Jesus says there will be false prophets, so, but you'll, by their fruit you will recognize them. Is it, that's what's happening here. But even then, so the, the prophet um, Nathaniel, uh, Nathan, David says, oh, I want to build, I build a, a temple for God. And he goes, go, go and do whatever you think, what in your heart, because the Lord is with you. And God wakes him up in the middle of the night and says, that was wrong. Go and tell him he can't do it because he's got too much blood on his hand and he needs to get his son to do it. So it's like, but see, he's in that character. That's what we're looking for, the test of character. It's helpful for understanding. And then the test of worship. If the prophet or someone foretells a dream or appears among you and announces you a sign of wonder, or if the sign of wonder spoken takes place and the prophet says, let's follow other gods, it's not from God. The great test, does it draw people towards Jesus or not? Worship. What they're saying is what you're saying. Is what you're thinking or feeling? Is it drawing people towards Jesus or not? And this is why I think the Bible talks about two being better than one. And Jesus sent out his disciples two by two rather than one by one. It would be easier. You could get further. You could do more things. But I think Jesus is like, yeah, but you're human. And I think you need each other. And um, it, you, you're, you can walk together and you can encourage each other when you're down. And maybe when you're thinking, should we go here, we should go there. You work it out together. It's probably better. 
It's, it's, it's powerful. This is the challenge. I want to I break your, I just, God's me and God and God will speak to me and, and that's fine. You, that's, that's okay. But that's the path of danger, actually. But if you have other people with you, standing with you, it's better. The third test. A spiritual signs accompanying this. When God speaks, miracles can follow. Maybe not always, but they, but they can follow. In the creation story, God speaks and miraculous things take place. Isaiah 55. Oh, actually, yeah, Peter's story. That's even better. As I began to speak... The Holy Spirit came on them as he had come on us at the beginning. So this is a major shift in the way the church is operating away from Jewish people only or converts to Judaism that can become a Christian. And Jesus speaks to him three times. In fact, he confirms it through some other people that say, God's spoken to me about what you're going to say. Can you say whatever you're going to say? We want to follow whatever. What is it that you're going to do? And they're open towards that. And God's there. Peter starts to preach. He pretty much, I think the Holy Spirit's waiting for him to get to the point of, if you read it, you can read it about it in um, Acts chapter 10. He just gets to the point that Jesus has paid the price for your sin and then bang, the Holy Spirit. I think the Holy Spirit's like, just finish Peter. I'm, I'm just going to do something. And they all start to speak in tongues just like they did in Acts chapter 2. They're in their heart made a decision. They're like, we just want whatever God has for us. They're already open to that. But see, God can do. And this is the other, the third test we want to be looking for. Are spiritual signs accompanying what God is saying? Because not my word goes out from my mouth. It will not return empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I had sent it. Or another just incidental example, Jeremiah 32 just as the Lord had said, my cousin Hamamel came to me in the courtyard of the garden and said, buy my field in the territory of Benjamin. Since it's your right to redeem and possess it, buy it for yourself. I knew this was a word from the Lord. So God had told him the same thing. And then things happen. And he's like, God, that's exactly what God said. Yes. But my question is, are you looking for that? I remember we were... Um, so we, we're looking to plant the church and we told our senior pastor and a very small group of family, that was it. We were on holidays in the Gold Coast and this other couple that I didn't really know very well said, hey, we want to have breakfast with you. And I'm like, oh, I'm on holidays. I don't really know you. Okay. And, we, and it was fine. We, we caught up and we're there. We're just making small chat because we didn't really know these people. They're friends of a friend and whatever else. It's like, hey, hey um, tell us about your vision to plan the church. And I'm like, um, this is weird. Okay. So we said, oh, yeah, we want to see people come to faith, and freedom, and using those words. And they're like, great. We, we want to finance it. I'm like, oh, that's lovely. Like, that's nice. Thank you. It's good. Do you have a bank account? And I said, yeah, the, the church has a bank account. And like, We've got $25,000 that we want to deposit tomorrow. So I'm like, oh, oh that's amazing. That's awesome. This is like 15 years ago. $25,000 was like amazing amount. Um, we're sitting there going, 
We haven't told anybody we're planning this church. How do these people know? How is this even working? What's like? I want to encourage you to look when God is speaking for you. It can be in your business. It can be in your marriage. It can be in something. Will Jesus say this? Are there other people saying it and are spiritual signs accompanying this? And then even then, some of you are like, yes, but what about the sister who's talking about the eagle? What about the guy who would use the King James Version every time he prophesied and no other time? What about... Yeah, let's go. That's why I think God has set us in this thing called the church. The beauty of the church. We have the protection of the church, which is the body of Christ. And so, Ephesians chapter 4. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers to equip his people for works of service that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every kind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming or the weirdo that suddenly heard from God about this or that. that I think that's what Paul's thinking about here, but he didn't write that. But anyway, Instead, speaking the truth in love, We will grow up in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body, joined together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. I want to look at it differently if we go to the next slide. So Christ gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. I don't have time to go into all of the different aspects of what that looks like. The apostles are people that were sent out and break the ground, do something prophetic. People hear from God, doing an incredible thing. The evangelists, they, they show you how they, they win people to Jesus, like I'm talking, asking directions. They just do it. They're amazing. Gun, incredible. The pastors and the teachers. What we call the fivefold ministries. Their job is to do two things equip which means to furnish, to qualify. In fact, sometimes it's a medical term used to reset a bone to actually its full potential, to bring that out, to build up, encouraging, edifying development. That's what we talked about last week. The whole idea of prophetic things should be to encourage, to comfort, to edify. And that's it. And the outcome is that there's unity of the faith, and in knowing God. So the unity of so the church, if, if, if the pastors and the leaders, if, they, if we do that, we equip, if we build up, the outcome will be the church is unified in faith and knowing God, and there'll be maturity. So the whole maturity, the fullness of Christ, that we will grow up to be more and more like Jesus. If we do that, that's how it works. Go to the next slide then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, by the cunning and craftiness of people in the deceitful scheme. 
I wonder if you can see that. It's just like, oh, I've heard this great teacher over here, and I've heard this thing over here, and now on the internet, oh my goodness, everything's there. There's this there, everywhere, all of this stuff. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So we as church members, you and I, yes, I have a role in the first part, but I am also a member of this church. I am part of this. I need people to help me. We, our role, our responsibility in helping, talking about the whole idea of hearing from God, bringing encouragement together should be that we bring discernment, that we speak the truth in love, that we grow spiritually, that we mutually support the supporting ligament, that we do what we should do for one another, that we should do works or activities as each part does its work. That is our responsibility, to do this, to discern what's happening, to to speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. Some of you like, I love to speak the truth, and some of you just love to love people. You've got to do both of those things. You've got to, hey, that's not right. And some of you that just want to be the truth tellers, you need to love people. So you speak the truth in love. In the middle, that's where we want to be. Those are what we all need to do to each other that our church will be healthy and strong and vibrant. Can you see that if we were to do this, we wouldn't have someone like Joseph Smith who's like, I just I woke up, God, an angel spoke to me, I'm going to start this whole new religion. Actually, half of this stuff is wrong, some of it's right, come and join me. If he'd had this around him, perhaps, maybe not, some people just want to do their own thing, I guess, but... It's better you have other people going, hey, I'm not sure you're hearing from God. Thank you for listening to River's Edge Sermon of the Week. For more information about us, please visit riversedgechurch.com.au.